Dear students, we have reached the third and final <laughs> presentation for chapter three on everyone's favorite subject to hate, taxes. And in this presentation, we'll take a look at some uh, information sources about taxes. We'll discuss auditing and tax avoidance strategies. Uh, specifically, we'll be concentrating on the home mortgage interest deduction, which is the major form of tax avoidance for the vast majority of us working grunts. So you ready? I know that previous presentation was pretty rough. I apologize, but slog through it and you will be awesome. So let's get started on slide 33. The IRS has several methods of assistance. The IRS website is actually pretty good. It could be better, but that's the one we hope you will uh, use uh, it, to do your assignment, to do your uh, uh, pre, your uh, research on those questions. Why? Because it has the most up-to-date information. Because the infernal net is literally clogged with thousands of tax-related websites. Some of them are not up to date. Some of them are just plain wrong. Some of them are going to try to tell you that you don't have to pay your taxes, which we've already discussed. And I think they let you do your time on the weekends because they want you to go back to work on the week and pay them what you owe them. So anyway, check it out, uh, irs.gov. You used to be able to call them. I don't think you can do that anymore. You can call them, but I don't think you can talk to them anymore. Walk-in service. They used to have an email service. I'm not sure if they do anymore. I've, I've used it in the past. It was pretty good. But you get sketchy answers right now when you ask about it. So check it out. Slide 34. Many people are doing their own taxes now using the uh, software programs such as TurboTax, Tax Act, uh, H&R Block at Home. And some of them are actually not so bad. You know, Tax Slayer, what a name for that. Um, be careful, as we said in the previous presentation, they're going to want you to pay. But you, if you don't make a certain amount of money, I forget what it is, and it's pretty generous, you have the option of filing for free. But they're going to hide it. <laughs> uh, they're going to make sure that you don't find it. So you got to be a your own advocate and find out if you can file for free. Uh, I use spreadsheets, and then at the end, I didn't then use the the, the uh, software programs. But uh, but you. If you take the the accounting 109 class, I'm not sure who's teaching it now, but the, the previous professor who was really awesome, she's retired, she used to make everybody do everything by hand, and then they used this, the uh, software. Right. She wanted them to understand what was going on. That's why we want you to do the 1040 uh, by hand, and you can you can you know, then play with the, uh, the, uh, the other programs. If you like, it's up to you. But... Um, these are actually pretty darn good. They're pretty actually easy to use until something goes wrong and then it, it drives you insane. But when that happens, I usually just delete the file and start all over again. <laughs> How about preparation services? Well, you know, the tax preparers at H&R Block and other places, they don't know that much more than you do, a lot of them. If you need a hired gun, you need an enrolled agent or a CPA or a tax attorney, but, again, the, some of them don't know that much more. <laughs> they rely on the software, right? They're just going to say, well, what does the software say? 
the 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 best hired gun are the enrolled agents. These are people who have been approved by the IRS, and usually they're ex-IRS agents. Now we talked about the VITA, the VITA, the VUTA, the Volunteer Income Tax Assistance, which is assistance, which is just an in, awesome, awesome service until it's not there anymore because of COVID. But hopefully next semester, hopefully next spring, 2021, we're going to have treatments, we're going to have vaccines, yippee, and they'll be back in business at Southwestern Community College. Now, if your professional tax preparer makes a mistake, who's responsible? Right, they'll tell you, you know, we'll be there to represent you, but you're responsible. For this reason, it is important to at least understand the forms you are signing and check that the numbers are reasonable. Because, I'm sure they're still out there, but before the IRS created this registration and pro testing process, there used to be a lot of people say, hey, how much did you pay in taxes last year? 5000 How would you like to pay 500 Wow, it's a great idea, sure. Here, just sign here. Don't look at it, just sign here. And then that person's gone, who knows where they are, they're in another city doing the same scam. You're responsible. You need to at least understand the forms you are signing, check that the numbers are reasonable. Right. The price we pay to live in a civilized society. <laughs> Some people might question whether or not it's civilized. Anyway, slide 36. What about an audit? Relax. Actually, it's far less than 1% now. Men, the IRS tells us that many of these audits are just because of arithmetic errors. They added when they should have subtracted. They say that the adjustments to income, people often add their IRA deduction, not, not take it away. Oy, oy, oy. However, if you do claim larger and unusual deductions, you are more likely to be audited. This is for people making usually plenty of money, a lot of money, and they have old huge deductions, and so they're more likely to be audited. And there are three types of audits. Sound like test questions, right? Right. Correspondence, which is the coolest one. They send you a friendly little letter saying, Curtis, I mean, uh, uh, for official use only, IRS, Internal Revenue Service. Here, you said you made this much. Um, we say We say it looks like this, you know, and that's what happened to me once. Uh, somebody messed up a, a 1099 on work I had done outside of Southwestern. And boy, did they mess up. And I completely missed it. I just keep track of my own uh, income outside. And so they said, hey, wait a minute. This, you know, this, and I said, oops. So I contacted them. The people who made the mistake, they said, oops. They send it to the IRS. The IRS eventually sent me a letter saying, thank you very much. You know, form letter out of a computer. It's really hard to understand. The office audit is at the IRS office. They say, bring this, this, and the, bring this, that, and the other thing. And you bring this, that, and the other thing, and you don't do anything else. You just bring it, and then they go over it, and you don't, you don't make any admissions. You don't say anything because the next step is a field audit. If they believe that you've done hanky-panky, they're going to send one of their IRS agents out to your home, business, or accountant's office. You do not want this type of audit. And if you do have this type of audit, you need an enrolled agent. You need a hired gun, tax attorney, whatever, CPA. You do not even want to be at that meeting. You give all your records to them. They represent you. You understand? So which one's the least onerous? Correspondence. Which one's the worst? Field audit and offices in between. They can't just say, hey, we're coming tomorrow. You, They have to give you time to prepare for the audit. 
So if you're in this situation, yes, you need help. So don't try to do this on your own because these people are there to sniff out, um, you know, there's lots of hanky-panky that goes on. <laughs> right, slide 37. There are two time-honored ways of avoiding, of reducing your taxes, evasion and avoidance. Now, which one do you think is legal? Avoidance, right? Avoidance is perfectly legal. I have a, a, a client who said she was worried about taking this deduction. I said, you know, I'm not a tax preparer professional, but I'm pretty sure that's a legitimate deduction. You ought to talk to somebody about it. I'm not sure exactly if she did or not, because I said we're not we're not tax you know attorneys. We're not tax enrolled agents. I just can give information and say, look, I think it's, well, I would take it, you know, but I can't recommend anything to you. You have to talk to a tax professional. Now, Americans avoided about a hundred, about fifty billion dollars in taxes annually. This is actually old information. This might be more now, and at least as much as one and a half trillion dollars is held offshore. Hmm, who would do something like this? Well, there was a particular presidential candidate in 2012 who has a sizable sum offshore and the current occupant we don't even know yeah we don't even want to know so don't be one of the people who in 2000 in 2000 years ago they would tie to a pole and whip you now they just make your life miserable and maybe even put you in jail so remember the seven million children who mysteriously disappeared slide 38 okay let's let's look at some tax planning strategies what we're going to find is that for the most part, there are fewer and far more fewer fewer and farther in between for the vast majority of us working grunts. The book will tell you, and other places will tell you, go get a tax deferred annuity. No, no, folks. We'll talk about annuities later on. These have sky high fees. Use your Roth IRA, your four hundred one k first. Treasury bonds, yeesh, these are, we talk about these in Introduction to Investments, and they make cute gifts for newborns, but yeah, you don't pay any tax on the interest, which is nothing anymore if you use them for education. Now we're talking tax deferred or tax advantaged, tax qualified as the IRS calls it, retirement plans. 401k, 403b through your employer, traditional Roth IRA, Roth is better. Educational IRA, 529 plans, Roth is better. The KEO, the simple, the SEP IRA for self-employed. These we'll discuss, we've already you know, sort of obliquely discussed these, but these are very, very cool folks. And you know, you're going to hear some people say, ah, don't put their money away, they're crooks. And we'll discuss that, you know, that nothing's free, they do charge. But the 401k plan is pretty darn good, especially if your employer matches. Especially, you put in 100 bucks, they put in $100 or $50, what a deal. Who's going to give you 100% or 50% return on your money in one day? Nobody else. And then we'll discuss capital gains. But again, this is more for folks not in the grunt world like you and me. Uh, this is people who are you know much more wealthier. And long-term capital gains are charged at a much slower rate, lower rate than income. Now, let's spend a little time now. We'll spend about 10 slides or so discussing owning a home. Slide 39. Owning a home was, wait a minute, was, <laughs> still is for many people, but was one of the best tax shelters because you can deduct the mortgage loan 
interest, and property taxes when you itemize, which, as we saw in Schedule A, reduces our taxable income. But after the Republican tax cuts of 2017, fewer people can now take advantage. We're going to see. We're going to see an example of this. And the home equity line of credit, oops, that was eliminated by the new tax bill also. How about municipal bonds, tax-exempt investments? Well, again, we're going to see for the vast majority of us working grunts, they're not really, they're, they're not bad investments but as, 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 for many people, but as tax reduction investments, for most of us, they're not a big deal because we're not making that much. Once you make a whole lot of money, then they become much better tax uh, reduction vehicles. Now, you can start a business, and there are some tax uh, advantages to starting a business, not a hobby, a real live business, okay? And, of course, that's beyond the scope of what we're going to discuss today. We'll take, we'll take a real quick look. But once you, you are dedicated to serving the country, serving the economy, producing a good or service, and starting a business, you need to educate yourself. There's a ton of resources out there. They want you to succeed. Why? Because small businesses are the engine of growth for the entire economy. And so we'll discuss that later on, actually, also in the semester. Okay, so here, let's take a look at a home ownership example at the lower end of the socioeconomic scale. In other words, we work in grunts. Here's a single person making $50,000 of adjusted gross income and a married person, married couple, <laughs> making $50,000, right? So this is the adjusted gross income. This is after the, all the total incomes and then we take out IRA deductions or student loan interest, something like that. So remember, everybody gets to take advantage of the standard deduction, $12,200 for, for, for the single person, $24,400 for the married couple, and the, no kids in this involved here. And it turns out that the single person is paying a, almost $400 a month in taxes, $4,345. The married couple is paying about $250 in taxes, a little less than that. So how can we reduce our taxes? Go out and buy a condo. And remember, the real estate agents are going to tell you, oh, you're going to save a bunch on taxes. Uh, uh, unless you, you know, as we'll see in the second example, yeah, then yeah, but... For the lower end, I'm not saying you shouldn't buy a, a, a home at the lower end of the uh, home scale. And we'll discuss housing later on. But but the tax advantages, as we're going to see, are not as big as they used to be. So here's A King Backs Schedule A. should look familiar. And this is a typical Schedule A for somebody who's at the lower end of the mortgage, uh, lower end of the housing market with a smaller mortgage. So let's say income tax a thousand, real estate property tax is almost four grand, the DMV property tax, there's the mortgage interest. And you thought I was kidding, sixteen thousand dollars. But if you have a mortgage of about a four hundred thousand with a four percent loan, you first of all you should be able to refinance now. <laughs> and uh, but you're paying about six for sixteen thousand. So remember, let's go back and take a look at it again. This is A King Backs Schedule A, which would be a single person's or a married couple's if they have a low end of the housing market. So what's going to happen to the taxes? They get to take advantage of the itemized deductions, right? Because remember, the single person had itemized deductions of 12,200. 12, Oops! The married couple have now a standard deduction more than their itemized deductions. 
So they're not going to take advantage of the itemized deductions. The single person will. So the single person uh, now has $28,000 of taxable income. The married couple has more taxable income than if they just took the standard deduction. So they're not going to do it. And if they were using a, you know, a software program or had a, a, somebody helping them, the person, the, the tax preparer would say, no, you shouldn't do. If you have any more deductions, great. But if you don't, don't take advantage of them. So what happens? The single person is saving about $100 a month. The married couple, if they took the deduction, would actually be paying more in taxes. So they're not going to do it. For married couples buying at the lower end of the housing market, the Republican tax cuts remove the tax savings. You're better off taking the standard deduction. Now, don't expect the real estate agents to warn you about this. They're going to, don't get me wrong, you know, they're, they're trying to do their job. But they're going to tell you, oh, tax advantages of owning a home. You need to buy right now, right now, because I don't get paid unless you buy. But anyway, uh, we'll discuss housing later on in the semester. But you see what's happened? Yeah, it's a bit of a problem, isn't it? That doesn't mean you shouldn't buy a condo or a, you know, a very small house somewhere out in the boonies somewhere. But that is what your reality is. Now, what happens when your income rises? Let's say 80 grand. Doesn't sound like a big deal, but it is in terms of taxes. Because now the single person gets the standard deduction, the married couple get their standard deduction. Look at what the single person is paying, 10,780. Yeah, about 900 and some dollars a month. Whereas the married couple is paying about 6,300, about a little over $500 a month. So they buy something a lot bigger. And now here's their schedule A. See what's going on here? Higher income taxes, higher property taxes. Look at that mortgage interest. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> yeah, and it's not, it's typical, folks. It's very typical. Uh, Southern California, Northern California, uh, the East Coast along the, the, um, the Boston to Washington, Chicago, the high Seattle, the high uh, income areas, the high cost areas. So they get $44,000 of, of, um, of itemized deductions. Now, be careful. The new tax cuts limit the amount of state and local taxes to $10,000. Well, we're underneath that. $2,000 plus $7,600 is $9,600. And the amount of mortgage interest from the first $750,000 of new mortgages. So let's say that this is an older mortgage. So they didn't, they didn't they're grandfathered in. But they would only be allowed if there was a new home to take advantage of the first $750,000. Yikes! Another attack on the typically democratic... Oy, 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 what a mess. So slide 46. Oops, 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 what's going on here? Slide 46. So notice the um, now with $44,000 of deductions, the single person has reduced their taxes to $4,000 a month. The married couple, not $4,000 a month, I'm sorry, $4,000 a year, about, you know, a little over, what is it, 300 and some dollars a month. Same thing for the married couple. It's not a big difference. They have both reduced their taxes to around $4,000 per year. So what are the savings? The single person is saving $300, no, $500 a month, a little over $500 a month. 
the married couple's saving about two, a little over, little under two hundred dollars a month. But it's still, it's nothing to sneeze at, right? I mean, you're saving on taxes, so congratulations. Once your income reaches the middle to upper middle level class, middle class level, a home is normally a very good tax shelter. However, be mindful of the limits reposed by the new Republican tax cuts. They did this, you know, it's cruelty, really. They, they wanted to punish the high tax states because they typically are democratic. But what happened is it boomeranged on them, which we've already mentioned. In 2018, there was a massive, uh, what do they call it, blue shift or whatever. I don't know what to call it, but there were, they flipped the house, right? Decimating the, the, uh, the Republicans in the, the House. Now, not in the Senate, uh, but that's coming up. So we'll see what happens. But we already made mention of this. Orange County, which was for decades a bastion of Republicanism, flipped all the House seats. Why? Because you're hitting people in the pocketbook. And Orange County is even more expensive, hard to believe, than San Diego so, <laughs> in terms of housing. So they have sky-high mortgages, and now they're in and, and state and local income taxes, and they were not happy. Now we'll see what up, comes up in the next election, so we'll see. But still, you hit people in the pocketbook, they get pretty upset. <laughs> but remember, for once you start making a you know, certain amount of income, you do find that you do save you know, a good chunk of change. And a single person, definitely, 500 bucks a month is nothing to sneeze at. And neither is $200 a month, but still. Slide number 48, home business example. Now, as we said, that's a whole other world, that tremendous um, resources for you available to help you if you're interested. Remember the $299 stereo that cost us $509.74? Well, if it's a legitimate business expense, that same $299 stereo just costs us $314. Bucks. You still have to pay the sales tax, but you get to deduct that as a, as, a, as a business. Now, when would a stereo be a legitimate business expense? Not for your home, unless you have a waiting room where people come, whatever you're, you're you know, you're doing, you're doing um, some kind of service in your house or something like that, or you have a store where you have a, you know, you have a system for piping music in, or you're a DJ, right? So think about it. Think about what you can provide to people uh, as, a good, as a good or service that would further uh, contribute to our economy. Because, folks, every small business, every large business, right, was a small business one time. Cool. Okay, so let's, uh, let's go come back. We'll come back to home businesses and business in general as, the, as an investment. It's very difficult. But some people, that's what they have to do. They just have to start their own business or it's a side hustle right it's a side hustle or maybe they got a few things going on so remember that there are some tax advantages slide number 49 donate your car get a tax break father joe southwestern community college foundation kpbs an all too familiar spiel we hear from charities these days you can donate your car and get a 2500 dollars tax break well in a 22 percent tax bracket that 2500 deduction $2,500 deduction, $2,500 deduction is worth $550. Bucks. And you only get 50, you might only get $50 bucks in cash or maybe nothing if you ask the recycling yard to come and get it. Uh, 
Not a bad deal. Mm -mm, no more right now. The, the charity must sell the car and tell you the actual amount. They can't say, oh, yeah, you're going to it's worth four thousand and it's really worth four hundred. And remember, if you don't itemize deductions using Schedule A and instead take the standard deduction, you can't take the deduction anyway. So many people have been burnt by this tactic. Now, they're, they're, they're giving it to a good cause. But they go, they go to Father Joe and say, here's my car, and here's a, here's a uh, voucher for 1000 bucks, And they go to their tax repair and say, hey, I got a deduction of $1,000. And the tax repair says, well, do you have a house? No. Do you have any huge medical expenses? No. Well, you know what? You get to take the standard deduction, so the $1,000 really isn't going to help you. And then they go back to Father Joe, and they're really angry and say, you told me you can't get one. No, we said you may be able to, and you have to consult your tax professional. Okay, so in <clears throat> conclusion, dear students, what did Mr. Benjamin Graham, Benjamin, Benjamin Franklin, I'm sorry, Benjamin Graham is in the Business 123 class, folks, Death and taxes, right. He should have said nothing is certain but death and taxes and tax law changes. <laughs> Pay your taxes, quit complaining. But if you want real tax reform, all we really have to do is require the senators and the representatives in Congress to do their own tax returns. Mm -hmm. Right, because they get somebody to do it for them. I think it's a service of the general accounting office or something like that. Yeah, so they don't mind how complicated the law is, but don't hold your breath. Instead, if you want guaranteed lifetime employment, become a CPA or an IRS agent, enrolled agent, tax preparer, and you will be guaranteed lifetime employment. So, dear, st <laughs> dear students, assignment number three, remember, um, uh, search, research those questions and do the 1040 and the schedule, the schedule one, do that likewise as the first tax exercise, second tax exercise, tax assignment. You can do it. We're proud of you. And that is our discussion of everyone's favorite topic to hate, taxes. See you in our next chapter, dear students.